Well, today you're all fortunate, very fortunate. Just say with me, I am fortunate today because today we have a guest speaker. Um, in the planning that we were doing for my mom's birthday, there was no way I was going to have time to do a sermon prep or any of that. So we had spoken with Pastor Elizabeth from Revival Ministries in Vallejo, uh, pastored by Ricky Nutt. And uh, so we've invited Pastor Elizabeth to come and give us a word. This is a pastor that is passionate about prayer, about the Word of God. And we had her over to our home recently, and she shared kind of what was on her heart. And I can't wait to hear her speak today. So give her a big hand as she comes on up today to bring the Word. Amen. Excited to hear the message today. Yeah, stand and, stand and give her a big hand. Thank you very much. Well, it's, it's a privilege to be here. I want to give honor to um, Pastor Rick and Pastor Anna. Thank you so much for inviting me here today and, um, and, and talking at our beautiful um, lunch that we had at their home. Um, we found out we were family. We're related somehow. So, so I'll kind of give you a little history. So my dad was seven, um, the youngest of seven children. Um, our maiden name is Leva. So... Um, my dad was Isaac, so it was um, Pastora Nana was his mother, who was in Napa, and she had Rita, Rita, my twin sister, Rita, raise your hand, my twin sister Rita is named after our Aunt Rita, and then um, there was Aunt Maggie, there was Aunt Lucy, Uncle Johnny, Uncle Mike, um, Hortensia, Ordi, and a big Leva family back in, in um, generations. And so we come to find out that we are related, um, you know, Berrigans and everything. And it's just like, wow, God is just so good. So I could just see my mom and dad from heaven just smiling up on this day, um, you know, because, you know, of their faithfulness of the prayers that they instilled in us. Um, my name is um, Liz Woods, and I am one of the associate pastors from Revival Center Ministries in Vallejo. My mom and dad came here in 1970, 1970, I believe it was. They moved from Napa. God blessed him with their first home. We were the first home um, on that last, so now it's the American Canyon, so all the way through. So we were at Fallen Drive, okay? And Fallen Drive back then was a, a picket or a, a cyclone fence, all creek. There was no highways here. I mean, there was no um, other um, residential area. We were the last on the block. So now, of course, you can go all the way through. Um, American Canyon through Highway 29. So just how God is just even expanding in this territory. And, and I thank you all for coming and, and, um, and supporting this, this ministry. I know that God is going to take you many places in this time. You know, the word of God says to be faithful in the small things. And God right now is looking at our faith. And this is going to be the message that I'm preaching on. It's overcoming faith. Okay. So I do have some scriptures I want to share with you. Before I get started, I just want to pray. Father God, I ask that you would fill my mouth, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way in this time. This is your time, Father God. We just surrender unto you. I ask, Father God, that you would put it in the hearts of your people today to hear what the Spirit of God is saying in this time, Lord that you've given me the message to speak on overcoming faith. And your word says that without faith, it's impossible to please you, Father God. 
So we want to please you in our faith. Lord, I ask your God that you would sharpen our minds, open up our hearts, and we give you the glory and the praise and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for the beautiful worship. That was so anointed, and I loved it so much. So I'm going to be coming from Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 1. Now, if you know God's word, you are very familiar with this chapter. Again, it's going to be overcoming faith. So Hebrews 11, 1, I'm taking it through the New King James Version. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In the Amplified Version, it says, now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, for divinely guaranteed and evidence of things not seen. The conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Let me say that again. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. 1 John 5, 4 and 5, it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. For who is he that overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? The definition of faith, it says it is a firm persuasion. We talked, we sung about faith, right? The assurance of God, trustworthy. Um, he is trustworthy. He is faithful into a thousand generations. The definition of faith, it says it's a firm persuasion, a conviction, a full acknowledgement of God's revelation of truth. So not man's truth, God's truth. And the word of God is infallible. It, his, his name is truth. He is the word of truth. Question is, is what you believe reflected when you are facing ad, ad, adversities? So whenever we are going through times of, of there's just, you know, nothing's happening wrong, kids are acting good, you got money in the bank, you got a good paying job, you know, you're feeling good, you know, is your faith going to be persuaded when you are coming against the adversities that are coming against you? And God is saying that in this time that we have to know that our faith and trust is in God who cannot fail. It says in the Bible that he cannot lie. You know the son of man that he shall repent. Whatever he has spoken, he shall make it good. And a lot of times we speak things that are negative or contrary to the word of God, but then we expect God to act on our behalf. God says that we have to line up our words with the word of God, because God can, God can move mountains, but we have to come in agreement with what God has said, that he will make it good. Now, uh, uh, he talked about prayer, and, and let me just tell you this, that my mom and dad, my mom was raised, um, well, she was born a, she was born again, I believe it was in an Oral Roberts tent meeting back in the 40s, maybe. My dad was raised Catholic, Okay. So when they got together, you know, his family was just like, what are you doing with this Christian lady? She doesn't drink. She doesn't party. She doesn't do anything. You know, but, but they obviously loved one another. And um, 
My mom prayed for my dad for 15 years. He would still go to the bars in Napa with my Uncle Sal and hang out. They would go and, you know, bar hopping and, and drinking. And, and, but she would still go to church and be faithful and pray. So for 15 years, she prayed for my dad. And I know that at one time she wanted to leave, and my grandma Cameron in Fresno says, no, you go right back to him. She, she wouldn't even allow him, her to stay there because they were having some problems because, you know, the, the conflict in the marriage, you know, dark, darkness and light. But my grandma said, no, you go back to your husband. And so, um, so for the faithfulness that she stood and she prayed and she continued to intercede, and one day um, the Holy Spirit just drew him to a little four-square church in Napa. The Holy Spirit drew him. And he gave his heart to the Lord and he surrendered. And he was, he was not only filled with the Holy Spirit, but he was baptized with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And the, and the Holy Spirit did a transformation in his life. He used to work at Kaiser Still, and, and even the, the co-workers out there could see the transformation that had taken place in my dad. He didn't go to AA, he didn't go to NA, but it was the Holy Spirit that poured upon his life and he threw away the cigarettes and he threw away the alcohol and he never regressed to that again. And his family would try to tempt him and come over and bring six packs of beer and, and kind of hang out. And he's like, no, I'm changed. I'm not drinking no more. And so they kind of like alienated themselves from him, but he took a stand. And he knew that the God that saved him was the God that was able to bring him through and bring him through victorious. And so that's how we have to be, saints of God, in the time that we are going through adversity and we don't see the manifestation of the prayers that we like to see being answered. It might not happen in our generation, but it's going to happen because the word of God doesn't come back void, but it go forth and it accomplish what it's been set forth to do. So God's word is alive, it's powerful, it's active, but we have to speak the word of God. We have to go against the things that we see in the natural, and we have to walk in the spirit. Because the word of God says that if you walk in the spirit, that you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life and the, and the lust of the flesh. That is what is going to um, bring people to a place of of having to really surrender to the Lord. But, and we have to be baptized again with the Holy Spirit. And I think so many times when I heard about my mom and dad, and they used to have um, camp meetings and tent meetings in Napa off of, I think it was Lincoln Road. We were raised in church, so they always took us to church, whether we wanted to go or not. We were in church five days a week. Every time they had a revival, we were there. And we used to get mad at mom and say, how come David doesn't have to go? He's, he gets to stay with dad and watch TV and play out with the kids. And mom said, because I said, you're going and you're going. So me and Rita, we would go to church and we'd fall asleep underneath the benches. But in that time, even hearing the word of God and getting the word instilled in us, that's something that I will never forget. So I thank her for her sacrifice, my mom. I thank her for her faithfulness. If, even though we didn't want to hear it, there was a point in our life where we had to know God for ourselves. And so them talking about camp meetings and going to the Grimaldos and having Bible study and, and just, you know, going to, um, to the ranch in, um, was it Santa Lita? Where did the, um, Rosendas, not Rosendas, Rodriguez, but the ranches that they used to go to in Napa, um, the Castellans. And so um, 
you know, they used to talk about their revival and how God did this and God did this. And we still talk about that 20, 30 years ago. But I believe that God is wanting to do a new thing in this time. Can we take the prayers from the generations past and can we continue to to persevere in those prayers and ask God for a revival in our generation? That we're just not going to have to talk about what happened 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago. But God wants to do a new thing in this time. And he's asking his people to be filled with the Spirit endued on high. Be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and to operate in the things of God. Not to be complacent, not to think it's for a pastor or an elder or a prophet or an apostle. God says that he has, wants to use each and every one of us. Whether it's in our workplace, whether it's in our community, in our family, God has predestined and preordained us to do a new thing in this time. But if we look at circumstances and if we look at people and if we look at what's going on in the world, we're going to get discouraged. God says to look onto him as he is the author and the finisher of our faith. So what I, I want to what I want you guys to really take from this message is God wants to do a new work in you. Philippians 1.6, one of my very favorite scriptures that says that being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God is faithful, but are we faithful? When we are facing challenges and not just going through the emotions, not just going to church because it's a thing to do on Sunday, but to have that intimate relationship with God five days out of the week, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year. Every morning that we get up, every night that we go to sleep, that we have the presence of God, the spirit of God that indwells within each and every one of us. The word of God says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, then the Holy Spirit comes and inhabits within us. He takes up residence in our temples. We are the temple of God. We are not just, like my um, pastor Mary says, not just mere mortals, but we are bought with the precious blood of Jesus. He didn't, he didn't save us to be just saved and I can't wait to go to heaven. This world is just getting worse. It's just getting worse. Turn on the news. Everything's looking bad. I can't wait till the Lord takes us up. But what are we going to do in the meantime? The word of God says that we are to occupy until he comes. Occupy means that we are to be busy doing our father's work. That we have to be bold and we have to be courageous knowing that God is with us. And if God is for us, nothing can stand against us. Amen. When you receive an evil report from the doctor, when you've been laid off from your job, when your kids are living in contrary to what you've raised them to live, when the chaos all around you Will you believe what your natural senses are seeing? Or will you hold fast to the confession of your faith? Great faith focuses on God, not on your circumstances. Let me say that again. Great faith focuses on God, not on your circumstances. And so you say, how do I grow in faith? It says, if you have the faith of the seed of the mustard, that you can speak to the mountain, 
to be moved and cast into the sea? What mountains are you facing today? Is it hardship? Is it a bad report? Is it your family being dysfunctional? Whatever it is, God says that you can speak to that mountain. And we have to know that God has given us authority in the word. In his word, the name of Jesus, which is above all name. Sickness has to bow to the name of Jesus. Poverty has to bow to the name of Jesus. Fear has to bow to the name of Jesus. And we're so quick to operate in fear. But God is saying that I want you to operate in faith. Because fear is what people are telling you. Fear is what's in the, in the um, social media today. Fear is what's in the eyes of people when you see them. But we are of God, little children, right? God says you are of, we are of God. That we have to walk in, in knowing who we are, in knowing that whatever we are facing through, that we are confident that he is able to bring us through not just, not just overcoming, but victoriously. That we are overcoming victoriously by the words that we speak and what God's word has already spoken of us. There's a scripture in Jeremiah that says, before I formed you, I knew you. That's a powerful scripture. Before he formed us in our mother's womb, he knew us. He had a plan and a purpose in our lives. He predained, predestined. He has ordered our steps. And yes, the enemy has come. He came to try to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He came to try to wipe out our destinies. But we are still standing. We are still standing. If you are here in your right mind, you have a home, you have a car, you have good health, you are, it might not be all perfect, but we are still standing. No matter the opposition, we are still standing as victorious on the battlefield of faith. Because this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And God is saying that he wants us to have great faith in this time. We need to have great faith and trust and confidence that we serve a true and a living God. A God who doesn't disappoint. A God that doesn't leave you as orphans. He said that he is our Abba Father. That he is our good shepherd. Whatever we are in need of, we have our, he has already provided. It says that he is all sufficient. That means nothing lacking, nothing broken, nothing missing. That he is all sufficient. He is the God who is more than enough. And a lot of times the adversity that is trying to come against God's people is to keep them silent. Not sharing their testimony. Not sharing what the Lord has done for them. That's what the enemy wants you to do is to be silent. But God's word says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And because of my mom's faithfulness, there were seven of us and some of us were in crazy, crazy sin, addiction, running with hell's angels, shooting meth, um, alcohol, alcoholism. It ran in our family. And we had, to, we had to break that cycle. We had to break that cycle. So don't just say, well, it's in my family. Don't accept it in your generation that this will continue. The addiction, the divorce, the separation, the poverty, the, the mental illness. Don't accept it as it, it, your, it is yours. God says, behold, I do a new thing. 
God didn't create us to be a new thing and to walk in the things of old. We have to know that God says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So yes, my mom persevered and she prayed even at my sister Eva when she was a nap with my um, cousin Lynn's house. And she called on my mom and she said, Mom, I just feel the enemy. He's taking my breath out. I can't breathe. He's, he's taking my breath away. And my mom says, Miha, you know what you need to do. You need to call upon God right now. And she called upon the Lord and she said, Lord, come into my heart. And she came home the next day. We were living in American Canyon. She came home the next day. And she looked in the mirror and she said, I don't see anything different. But she knew, she knew that there was a change that, taken, that took place. What the enemy had caused for harm, God turned the situation around for good. Because God's word says that the, his eyes are upon the righteous and his ears are inclined to our prayers. So don't ever feel like your prayers are not being answered because there is a bowl in heaven that are, are with the prayers of the saints. Every time we pray, those bowls of, of, of prayers are being filled up with the saints of God. So don't ever think that all I can do is pray. The best thing that you can do is pray. And pray in the spirit, not lean into your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him because he is directing your path. It says in Romans 8, 26, when we don't know how to pray, pray in the spirit because the spirit of God, he makes, he makes, um, utter, um, the interpretation of our utterances and groanings, things that we don't even know what to pray in our moaning and in our, in our praying. God is, the Holy Spirit is interpreting those prayers to God who is on the throne. And God can intervene and God to move, can move supernaturally on your behalf because of your faith. And like I said, my mom prayed us all into the kingdom of God. My brother Larry, now he's a minister, him and his wife Debbie, they live in Vacaville. My sister Joyce passed away, but before she passed away, she gave her heart to the Lord. And God reconciled that, re that relationship back to her and my mom and dad. My sister Eva passed away, but before she passed away, she was a, a deacon in the church that, um, that, we, that I go to. And, and because of her, she used to go back to the house Angels house, and she used to minister to the people that she used to hang out with and tell them about the things of God and how God did a transformation in her life, she became a bold witness. So what I'm saying is even the destinies, even when the enemy is trying to abort your destiny, God is still faithful. And because of that, and now my sister Rita, my twin sister, she's going to church, and, and she was um, in a time where she, where she was away from the things of God and, and, ha and went, ended up going to jail and doing some time. But in that time that she was there, the Holy Spirit um, continued to pour into her, and she'd get, be able to read her word. You know, that, pow that powerful scripture that says, to train up a child in the way sh they should go, and when they are old, they will not part. When you train them up in the things of God, but they see your life, they see your faithfulness. Are you going to serve God in spite of how you're feeling, in spite of what's going on around you? Are you going to serve God and trust that he is working in your life? It says, will you, or will you hold fast to the confession of your faith? Great faith focuses on God, not in your circumstances. That's where I left off. 
how do you grow in faith? Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, the rhema word of God, the spoken word of God, the living word. What are you declaring out of your mouth? Are you speaking words of defeat or are you speaking words of victory? You know, the word of God says in Proverbs that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you're going through some difficult times, it's going to come out. What are you feeling your mouth with? What, what, what are you meditating on? We are to meditate on the word of God because whatever is in our heart, it's going to come out. Is it faith or is it fear? Is it defeat or is it victory? Great faith focuses on God's word, not on your circumstances. I want to just reiterate that. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope for without wavering for we, for he who promised is faithful. The Bible gives us examples of great men that had great faith. When Abraham, he was obedient to God and was willing to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, but God provided a ram in the bush. When Daniel, who was thrown into a, 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 a den of lions, but God shut the mouths of the lions. When David defeated Goliath because he knew the same God that delivered him from the lion and from the bear was the same God that would give him the giant and kill the giant and defeated the giant. Job says, though God slay me, yet will I trust him. When Job's wife told him, you just need to curse God and die. Job said, though God slay me, I will trust him even more. God is looking for a people to show himself strong in, a people that are bold and courageous. And saints of God, we need to be bold and courageous in this time. We need to have that unwavering faith, the kind of faith that says, I won't let go until you bless me kind of faith. Like Jacob did, he wrestled with the angel and he said, I won't let go until you bless me. And God is saying that we're telling God, I won't let go until I see the manifestations of my prayers being answered. I won't let go until I see my, my children coming to the altar and being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I won't let go until I see a miracle in my physical body. I won't let go. What our faith does, it releases God to move on our behalf. 1 Timothy 6.12 says that we are to fight the good fight of faith. Sometimes we forget that we're in a fight. And we want to lay down our weapons. And this is the time, people of God, that we need to pick up our weapons. That we have to fight the good fight of faith. Ephesians 6.16 says, says, above all, taking the shield of faith with, with which you will be able to quench some of the darts of the enemy. All of the darts of the enemy. Waiting on the Lord, it requires faith. And just because you can't see it in the natural, what God is doing, it doesn't mean that he's not working on your behalf. Continue to trust God and believe that he is in control. Do we really know that God is in control? Do we really believe that he knows our end from the beginning? That what he created in us, that he is faithful to complete? 
continue to trust and stay in his word because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I don't know what you are facing today. I don't know whenever you leave this building what you are facing when you go home. But God knows. And God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask, think, or imagine by what? The power that works in us. The power that works in us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives within us. Do you really believe that? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives within us. When God, when Jesus gave his disciples a commission, he said, go, in, and go ye into all the world because I am with you. That he's given us the mandate to not just to make nations of all people, or to make nations of all people, but what about our Samarias, our Jerusalems, the community where we dwell in our workplaces? We are the light. We are the light. We represent the light. The word of God says that let your light so shine before men that when others see your good works, they will glorify your Father in heaven. So it's about giving God the glory. When the enemy came in and tried to take my destiny out when I was very young, but God was faithful. He brought me through. Even as a single mom, he, he, he pushed me into the place of trusting and knowing that God is God. He made provision. He always made a way of, of, a, of a good job in a home. And, and my kids, you know, they're not in church the way that I would like them to be, but they love the Lord. And they serve the Lord. And I pray into them. And I still instill prayers over them. And I cover them. When they come, come over the house, I anoint them. And I, and I just love on them. And that's where we have to be, is just letting our light shine. To be bold and courageous in this time. And I'm going to ask Pastor Rick to come up and close us out in prayer. Or whatever you feel led. Pastor, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share with your people. Thank you very much. Won't you stand and just give her a big hand right now. That was a great message. Challenging us to trust God. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite our worship team up here. They'd come up here, but how many right now can just with, with a raised hand say, you're going through something right now? Just, just raise your hand if you're going through something. God knows exactly what you're going through right now. He hears your heart. He hears your your cries, your prayers. And, you know, the wonderful thing that I've gotten to see and I've gotten to know, because I wasn't raised in church, but I've gotten to know this firsthand that, that God doesn't leave you nor forsake you. And you have to stay faithful. It's trusting Him. Because as Pastor just pointed out, we don't sometimes see the results in that moment or maybe in that season, but we trust Him. And as we remain faithful... Sure enough, he remains faithful. He is true and faithful, amen? If you're here today and going through something and you're being challenged, I want you to trust in that. God is faithful to see you through what you're going through. You're going through it. It didn't say he wants you to stop and be stuck in it. You're going through it. There's an, there's an exit point, and he's walking with you through that. 
that whole process. So as we go into this song right now, I, I would invite you just, if you want, if you want prayer, come up, um, or even right where you're at, but you're welcome to come on up, and I would love to pray with you as we go into this song of worship. And just begin to give God whatever it is that's on your heart right now. Amen? So let's do that right now.